0: of the modernismo now number one the present-day church has trivialized the gravidad of sin number two trivialized the holiness of God and that's why you must go to them and love them and tell them that the Lord is holy even in the year 2023 the Lord is holy okay and the grace of Jesus was meant to bring the holiness of God into the church the holiness of God into the lives of the Christians. Now, the gospel of prosperity and the gospel that is talking about the world and everything and all this influence has not only trivialized sin because, you know, you could trivialize sin, but you still look at it and say, it is sin but, trivialized but it is sin, right? But the worst it has done while you are going is that sin has been normalized in the life of the Christians? Normalizado. Now sin is normal. In the church, Christians can say they even have what you call the white lies and which other type of lies. So sin has been normalized. Ahorita pecado es normal. Enter the iglesia, enter the vida de cristianos. That is the tragedy why you must go and love them with the message of restoration and tell them no, you cannot normalize sin. Sin, look at this now. Let me explain to you here. Sin is toxic. The toxicity of sin, look at this now. We don't have time to read it, but I'll just explain it. The toxicity of sin is this. Look at this now. To the extent that when mankind fell and God wanted to come and restore man, God could not come and repair man. No. Repair. Is there a word for repair? Reparar. Now it's possible reparar, hombre. God had to create a new creation. The toxicity of sin. Sin is toxic the toxicity of sin is so deadly dreadful to the extent that when sin came to the earth when sin came to the earth God had to create a new earth this one is con- contaminado don't trivial, don't normalize sin. What the church today has done is very dangerous. Very deadly. Very dreadful. They have number one, trivialized the gravidad of sin. Number two, normalize a pecado, my Lord. How? How? When God himself could not repair you. If you read the book of Second Corinthians, chapter 5. He had to make you a new creation. Yeah, he could not repair. And Jesus had to come and die complete for sin. And God had to create a new heaven and a new earth. If you look at this heaven, the current heaven, look at this now. Because of sin, sometimes when the angels are coming before the Lord, then when you check, you find Satan has stood there also. And Satan is, what are you doing here? Where are you from? I've been roaming around. Have you tried my servant Job? Not yet. He comes. But in the new heaven, Satan will not be there. Are we together? That is just how toxic, how toxic sin is. So the present day church has trivialized the toxicity of sin, the dangers of sin. Not knowing that the toxicity of sin is unbelievable. God has to get rid of this earth and create a new earth. Because of the toxicity of sin. Even the present day church has gone ahead and normalized. Sin has become normal. No. Sin is toxic. Look at this now. If you want to understand the peligro, the dangers of sin, when you read Isaiah 53, then you understand the gravity of sin god himself had to come from heaven and come and die so when you look at the cross look at me now when you look at the cross then you understand the deadliness of sin deadliness of sin but if you throw out the message of the cross, how then will you know the deadliness of sin? You are, but when you preach the cross and the blood, you are able to understand that sin is very deadly. It's like fact that Jesus had to die for sin. So when you look at the, 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 the cross, you fear the consequences of sin. The consequences of sin. That's why you must go back to them and tell them that the original blueprint for the church is to preach the cross and the blood. And that's why when the Lord Jesus met me, when he meet, the few times he has come to meet me, the first thing he shows is a nail pierce. Nail pierce. The other time in the throne he showed the blood the slain, blood flowing. That you may understand, the consequences of sin. The glorious son of God himself had to come and die. So you are going to the church. You are going to the nations. Why? Because they have attempted to trivialize sin. Tell them, no, 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 that's an error. Don't worry. You've committed it for a long time, but now let us be right. Time is over. Right? That's an error. We must now bring back the gravity of sin to the church. That's why you are going to restore the church in your respective countries. You are going to bring back the gravity of sin to the church. Number two, you are going to bring back The gravity of the holiness of God to the church. That God is holy. Are we together? That is your role, right? And that's why God is sending you. And the gospel they have, which normalizes sin, you're going to believe that. Let's go to the gospel of the cross of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. The holiness of Jesus. Repentance. And righteousness. And fear of God. And reverencia and wisdom. Right? You're going to tell them that. Now, the other thing why you are going is uh, somehow because of human rights, derecho humano, feminism, and uh, whatever, all the isms that have entered the church. Now, somehow, there is a sense of entitlement among Christians. Entitlement, entitlement—they they ent- feel entitled. Como su derecho, they feel it's their right to enter heaven. That is the devil. That is fairly gross. That no, once I'm born again, what's the problem? I'm born again. I'm, I'm, are you going to heaven? I'm going to heaven. Every Christian, when you meet, they always tell you—they will tell you—they are going to heaven. And yet we know so well. That the Lord, look at this now. When he gave us the grace, they want to receive the grace without understanding that the grace has responsibilities. Gracia de Dios, gracias de Señor, tiene sus responsabilidades. The grace of Jesus has the responsibility of separation. It calls us to separate from the world. We must be conscious, conscious of the need to separate. Conscious, the need to separate. And yet, the present day church, they think that when you're born again, because of the modernismo and the human rights and the feminism and the the minority rights and whatever it is, they think they have rights to enter heaven. So you are going to tell them, No that self-entitlement you have to bring it down and look at your grace from jesus as a privilege and grace has responsibilities number one when the grace was given the lord expected that number one you are going to be totally obedient to the lord right number two he expected that you're going to be committed in your heart to serving him number three he expects that when you look at the grace, you are going to understand that sin is deadly and separate from sin. Separation. Number four, he knew that when the grace has come to you and you know the cost, the price of the grace, look at this now. God loves us so much. He loves us. He gave us his only son, the glorious king of glory of heaven. God expects that we as humans, when we see that love, God has loved us so much, just out of moral responsibility, we should love him back. Uh, we together now. We should love him back, out of moral responsibility. And loving him back, when you love somebody, you always find out what are the things that will annoy that person. Is there a word for annoy in Spanish? Molester, yes, and and uh, and uh, yeah. What are the things that will annoy that person? God loves us. He comes, half, he comes all the way to love us. He expects that at least we should also now make our part and move towards him and love him because he has done what is unthinkable. He has brought now the darling of glory, the King of glory, to die for us, just out of moral responsibility when we think about the cost of salvation, we should automatically surrender everything sinful and love God. He expects that from us. But the present day church, they are now self-entitled. They are self-entitled about heaven. That's why you are going to them, tell them please, the self-entitlement, put it away, don't worry. Grace is privilege. Number two, God has given us responsibilities in the grace. Number three, the grace of God did not mean now God is not holy anymore. Because the present day church operates as though when they receive the grace, it means God is not holy anymore. Now God does not care about holiness. No. God is holy. Eternally holy. In fact, the grace of God Which portrays the cross should really tell us that God is very, very holy. Another reason you're going to them is because they don't believe that God judges. But you are going to tell them that the cross of Jesus is literally the judgment of God. The judgment of God. The cross of Jesus is the testimony that the Lord judges sin. Are we together? That's why you are going to them. They think that they're entitled and that when they receive the grace, because there is this notion, a notion that says that once you receive the grace, you don't have to do anything. Yeah, you don't have to do anything. And they say, it's a finished job. It's a finished job. Okay, that's true. Because if you read the book of Romans chapter 8 that we read, verse 30, on glorification, he is speaking in past tense. Past tense. Again, let me just repeat this for translations. It is true that the grace of Jesus is a finished job. It is true. Travaho <laughs> kamino. It is true because cuando tú le cuando tú le the book of Romans romano capítulo 8 versículo 30 él habla como terminó glorificación de hombre de, de iglesia él terminó antes let's read it together in past tense Romans chapter 8 romano capítulo ocho, Versículo 30. Romans chapter 8 verse 30. Hallelujah. I'm going to stop this so I can release this four o'clock. I can release the people going to the airport now. I mean going to, so they can go grab a meal. Romans chapter 8 verse 30 says the following. And those God predestined, predestined, you see predestined, already antes. Yeah. Those God predetermined, predetermined, this predestined to predetermined, meaning before creation, predetermined their destination, predetermined their destination, he also called past tense. And those he called, he justified past tense. And then he glorified past tense. So, it is true that your grace and salvation is a finished job. However, the reason he's speaking like that is. Okay, I don't get to my Bible. The reason he's speaking like that, predetermined, predestined, is because before creation, he already set up the plan for redemption. But glorification and all this is a future event, event of the futura. And so. There is responsibility for a Christian that when you just look at the cost of salvation then you say I know even me I have to the Lord expects you to understand and say even me I just have to love the Lord Hallelujah and be very careful let no one lie to you that no there is security of salvation security of salvation because I have read I have read for you in the course of these days The book of Hebrews chapter 6 Verses 4 to 6 Warning about the abuse of the grace I have read Hebrews chapter 10 26 to 31 Warning about the abuse of the grace I have also read the book of Second Peter chapter 2 19 to 22 Warning about the abuse of the grace Are we together? And so you see very clearly the Lord saying in those scriptures. When you look at the credentials of the church in Hebrews chapter six, for example, that is muy muy alto. They have seen the grace. They have received the Holy Spirit. They have received dawn celestial. They have perceived and tasted Prova, tasted the powers of the coming age. That is a very high credential of the church. They have received the Holy Spirit, condone celestial, meaning they are born again. They are inside the church. But he says if they fall away, it is down. It is impossible to bring them back to repentance. That is very serious. And that's why the sense of entitlement in the church, you have to go and correct it. You have to tell them no. Let us perceive the grace as a privilege of God. It's not our right. And if you're given something that's a privilege, you handle it with honor and fear and respecting God for it. Right? Let me just run through because time is not on our side. Let me run through this. So, God is just. You have to take to them that. That God is just. God is holy. And that God judges sin. That's why you're going to them. And that He judged during Adam and Eve, during Noah's floods, Sodom and Gomorrah, He judged Judah. He judged the northern kingdom. And that God will judge sin again. That's why you are going to tell them. And then, that God is fair. He gives a fair warning and a fair counsel. He says, look, that judgment is coming but the way out is repentance. In that way, we win more people for the kingdom at this time, right? That's what the Lord is saying here. And he's saying, That you have to put back the gravity of sin for what it is in the church. And is sending you to remove the human rights from the church. Feminism and human rights, remove them from the church. Where homosexuals just have their own church in Brazil, have their own pastor, the Lord took me there. And they live like that. They preach there. But I saw a storm strike that church in that dream. Now, you are also going back to them Because in the theological colleges, theological universities today, there is what we call the liberal theology. Theologia liberal, liberal theology, has entered the teachings in theological colleges. And so, liberal theology, summary of it is this. It's a theology that brings the world into salvation. Again, number two, another another definition of liberal theology. Another definition of liberal theology, if you ask me, is literally non-believers in the church or atheists in the church. They bring the world into salvation. And liberal theology literally accepts all these things, modernism and so forth, in the church, and they say it's okay. And they teach it. So they have disciples. So you are going back to tell them, no. Let us go back to the basics of the original salvation of Jesus. The basic salvation of the cross and the blood and holiness. The cross, the blood, and holiness. And on a daily basis, you are fighting to be holier. What progress are you making? What progress did I make today? Tomorrow, what progress did I make? will I make? Right? Liberal theology. That's another reason why you're going there. And the reason you're going to them is because of this misconception of God they have whereby they don't perceive God as being the holy God that is portrayed in the Bible. If you read for them the Old Testament, they say, no, we don't want that God. That one is cruel. They want another one, the New Testament one. I mean, my New Testament God is the God of Peter, the one that judged Ananias and Sapphira in the New Testament. So I don't know which one they're talking about as their New Testament God, right? My New Testament God judges sin in the tiempo de gracia, in the time of grace, when Anani and Sapphira sinned, he judged them. That is now, they don't want that. So you have to go to them and tell them the following. You have to tell them that, be very careful. The way you understand the attributes of God presented in the Bible, Determines the following. Determines how you worship him. Determines, in other words, whether you worship him correct or not. Are we together? Again, that the way you understand God with his attributes, for example, if you know that God is holy, God is righteous, and God judges sin, it will determine how you worship God. In other words, Whether you worship him correct or in a wrong way. That will be determined by your perception. How you are being taught. How you understand the attributes of God. How you understand God. That's why you are going to them, right? So you can tell them that God is holy, God is just, God is right. And that will determine how they worship God. Look at this now. This is serious. Ultra base. Let me repeat this. Ultra base means another time in Spanish. Let me repeat this. He's saying that you are going to your nations and to the church to have a conversation with them. To tell them, please, can we talk about this? We need to get it right. We need to understand the Lord Jehovah whom we worship in a correct way. Not based on notions of this modernism. Because if we will understand God right, in other words the attributes of God, the identity of God, that Jehovah is holy, Jehovah is righteous, Jehovah judges sin. Depending on whether we understand those attributes of God or not, it will determine the following. Number one, how we worship him. Whether we, How we worship means whether we worship correct or wrong. Do you understand? Number two, it will also determine how we perceive him. Number three, listen. It will determine how we raise our children also, right? Either in God-fearing way or not. Number four, it will determine how we walk with Christ. Number five, it will determine our destino, destination, please. That is serious. That is very serious. That if we don't understand that God is holy, our destination will be hell. It is serious. It will determine our destination if we can understand God well. This generation of Christians, or non-Christians also, they have not understood God well. They have said, no, Uh, again I say, they have trivialized the holiness of God. That determines your destiny, your destination. Because he has just presented here, people born again properly, with dawn celestial, the Holy Spirit, the powers of the coming age, they understand, they are illuminado light, enlightened. But he says, they backslide. Then, no repentance available to them. Why? Because he says, you have trampled, that, that you make Jesus humiliated. You crucify him a second time. You are asking for a second Calvary. And it's not there, right? So, that's why it's important we understand that your role is to go and preach the true God of Israel, the holy God of Israel. The holy one of Israel, right? That is important, blessed people. And he says, also, when we understand God well, determine whether we fear him or not. Today, there is no fear of God. There is no fear of God today. We must understand God, right? So that we can fear him. So you are going to go back to them and say, uh The Lord is holy, we must fear God. Don't play around. It will determine how they walk with the Lord. Tell them, be holy. It will determine how, like I said, raise their families and also their destination, whether they live holy or not, you know, whether they honor the cross or not. All these things are going to be determined by how they understand the God of Israel that we serve and love, right? Right? Now, you are also going to them because this generation, because of liberalism, and because of... uh, Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. These days, there is a generation of children being raised. And they are very rebellious. Even a small child. Mommy, don't touch me. I will call police. Aye. Little children in, I think in Kenya also, and in Europe, they will call police for you. I don't know whether it's already in Kenya. It's already in Kenya. Little children call police. Mommy is beating me. <laughs> that is a tragedy. Yeah. Because their parents Of you of your age they really helped you they restrained you a few years ago there are things you could not do in the church or in the family but over time has been accepted tolerated begin tolerated then accepted and then celebrated for example A few years ago there is no way first of all your daughters did not have phones they didn't even have phones right but if they had a phone okay if they didn't have a phone and you are going through you have taken her bag from school and you're going through her books and you meet a love letter from a boyfriend that was a tragedy there would be a tribunal in that home that night right so you understand, they were trying to instill some sense of morality. Morality. If the father was going through her books, and she's not around, and seeing how she's performing. And then he meets a love letter from a boy in the school. that w- Do you know what the father would do? It would be a serious situation in that home. You people know. You know what I'm talking about. And in that way, your parents helped you. Thank you for clapping to, to the Lord and your parents. Because, because the parent would take the child. There would be a tribunal in that home at night. It would be a serious case. And then the parent would take the child, take her with the mother and go where? To school, my Lord. And meet the headmaster and the teacher. And sort this thing out. Even the boy would be identified and brought and his parents brought. It was gravity of sin. Gravity. Gravity. Moral purity. But today, today, They can, they come and sit with a boyfriend there. In Israel, it is worse. In Israel, it is worse. In Israel, she will come and sit with her boyfriend in front of her father, and they will just talk anything. It is unbelievable. And that's why you are going. Because there are things you could not do before. But they are doing it in the church today. For example, long ago, people feared the house of God. They feared the house of God. Oh, yes. It's a high calling to be at the pulpit. You must fear. But today, you are people who don't fear. They just pocket to say, uh, they, they just joke. I mean, it's so painful, right? Today, you are daughter can come with a boyfriend home. She went to study in Europe. She came back with a boyfriend. She has come to show you her boyfriend. You're like, how does, what? How, how, how do you read there? Are you trying to mock your parents? Today, your son can go study in Australia and come back with a man who is 59 years old and say he has come to show you his husband. So, that's where you are going. That's where you are going. Hallelujah. Why? Because today they have removed God from their lives as the head of their lives. God has been dethroned from the life of... But let me put it this way. The, the, church, the Christianos, Christians, and this generation they have actually declared independence from God. Yes, independence. They don't want submission. That's why you are going to them. Right? That's why you are going to them. That you may bring them back to the Lord. Gather them to the Lord. Right? And so, if you look at the book of Isaiah chapter 1, if you have time later, he says the ox knows his owner, the donkey, the way God created us, he expects that we should know that we have accountability to give to god the ox knows it has to be accountable the donkey knows it has to be accountable that is serious the ox knows it has an owner the donkey knows it has an owner to give account but this generation does not know that they have an owner so that's why you are going to them that they may know that Jehovah is their own and creator. And so you are going to them because there is a rebellion against the Lord in this age, a big rebellion in the church and in the homes and in the in the in the generation and people have literally ignored God. So you are going back to them and tell them please don't ignore God. Don't ignore the Lord, please. You need the Lord, okay? And you are going to them because they have stripped God of his authority they have removed the authority of God from God so they can even worship him but they have not given him the bona fide authority he has if you give him the bona fide authority he has there are things you'll fear to touch before you touch anything you say hey, will it please the Lord Authority is on authority under you must obey authority but today they are liberal they don't they want freedom they don't want authority and that's why they end up saying, No, me, I'm not Christian. Me, I don't believe. Why? They don't want to submit under authority. It is simply because they don't want to submit under authority. They know God is there. You are going to them because they don't think that God is a judge. They say God is good all the time. All the time, God is good. So they don't think he's a judge. You're going to tell them that he's a judge, he judges sin, and he's the authority and ruler over their lives. And you're going to them because there is a blasphemy and abomination because people have mocked God, right? They have mocked God. They do a gay pride open in the broad daylight as if God does not judge sin, right? They're provoker, provoking the Lord. So you must go to them. They're provoking the Lord. And also you must go and tell them that God has power. He has power. He can heal. His power can be felt. You know, sometimes the reason they have fallen is because they didn't see the power of God. And so that became a problem. So I need to release the team which are going. Let me just very fast finish with this. You must go to them because there is idol worship going on all over the world, right? There's moral decay that has also consumed. Let's finish with one verse. I know time... We, don't worry, we'll make it to the airport. But finish with one verse. Let's read First Corinthians chapter 4. One verse, right? Are you going to allow me? Please just send you on me after which I will meet Her Excellency and my own daughter, Emma. I will meet them after this, right? Yes, because they're also traveling tonight. But let, allow me just handle one verse, right? First Corinthians chapter 4. Are you with me? First Corinthians chapter 4. We read, that is the final one. I'm shocked, Macharia. It is cold in this room today for the first time since creation. (laughs) It was a nightmare the other day, right? (laughs) Yeah, so that's very good that you came, really. So it has been very hot here, right? First Corinthians chapter 4, we read together from verse 8. If we have time, we read together. Can I do it? Yes, because of the team going to Italy, if they allow me, I'll do this. And the team traveling to Nigeria. First Corinthians chapter 4, I get it. I read it right away. It says the following. Hold on. From verse 8, we read down up to 21, right? Verse 9 is good. Where are we? Verse 8. Verse 8, are we together? First Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8. It says, You already already have all you want. You already have become rich. You have begun to reign. And that you have begun to do that without us. Reigning without us. How I wish that you really had begun to reign so that we also might reign with you. For it seems to me that God has put us apostles on display at the end of the procession like those condemned to die in the arena. He said, we have, become, we, have become, we have been made a spectacle to the whole universe, to angels as well as to human beings. We are fools for Christ, but you are wise in Christ. We are weak, but you are strong. You are honored. We are dishonored. To this very hour, we go hungry and thirsty, and we are in rags. We are brutally treated, and we are homeless. We work hard with our own hands. We are cursed. When we are cursed, we bless. When we are persecuted, we endure. When we are slandered, we answer kindly. We have become the scum of the earth, the garbage of the world, right up to this moment. That is pretty serious. I am writing this not to shame you, but warn you, as my dear children. Even if you are 10,000 guardians in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I became your father through the gospel. I urge you to imitate me. And so forth. Why have I read this? This is very serious. You are going to the church because of this. This level of entitlement, self-entitlement, has consumed the church of Christ of this age. Because the Lord charted out the path for the church, and the church took another path. That's why you are going to them to bring repentance. He's saying here, very clearly, that there is worldly wisdom versus godly, heavenly of godly wisdom. That's what he's saying essentially. That when you look at the way the present day church lives, they even say that they are kings. El dice, eos Reyes. They are saying they are kings and they are ruling and Jesus is their king of kings. And yet you see from this scripture, the Lord is simply telling them, you are behaving as if you have already arrived. That is peligroso. Very dangerous. You have not yet arrived. The present day Christians are not bothered. They are living normally as if they have already entered heaven. That is what he's saying here. So he's saying, he's weighing there the contrast between. Worldly wisdom and godly wisdom. That's what he's laying right there. And he's saying that they are living today on worldly wisdom. They have decided to choose the things of the world, the ways of the world. And they are comfortable. They are entitled. They are going to enter. And the Lord is reminding them, you ha- you ain't, let me use the American English. You ain't entered until you have entered. Hmm? You have not entered until you have entered. You are already saying you are ruling, you are sitting on thrones. And when I look at you, I see that you have sinned. You have sinned in you. How are you ruling with Jesus when you have sinned in you? And I know that those, da verdad, those true ones that will rule with Jesus, Right now, when you look at them, they are outwardly ravaged, devastated, but inwardly they are building in the glory. Hallelujah. <laughs> Ellos that are going to reign with Jesus, they are not the Hermosuras, the Estel Mundo, Belo in, uh, in other languages. Uh, huh? No. They are being ravaged outwardly. If you look at them, you rubbish them. Maybe they're in long skirts and long jackets and they're walking around and you can dismiss them. Some you come for an interview, they say, Can you stay away? People are coming for interview. Wh- whom did you want to see here? No, I have come for you have come for interview. Which you... it is you. Oh, okay. It's okay. Le- let me inform them first. Yeah. The world cannot perceive them as valuable those who are going to be reyes who are going to be kings with jesus in the coming kingdom in the coming